You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 272 on December 8th. 2021. We are coming up on Christmas before you know it. It's a couple of weeks away. I love the Christmas season and I love watching Christmas movies. And this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, I'll admit. But I want to talk about having watched Die Hard, 1988 film starring Bruce Willis last night with my boys. Not all my boys, really just the oldest three who stayed with it the whole time. I debated whether or not to watch the movie with them. If I had it to do over again, I don't know that I would have watched it with them, especially with it being the first time I had ever seen it. But there you have it. We did watch it in part because... I was expecting violence, just violence, that's all, Just that, no big deal, just violence, just people shooting each other, being shot, that sort of thing, uh, what's the big deal? Uh, I kid, I say that tongue in cheek, but there was a little bit more than just violence, uh, there was definitely a lot of language, and there were a couple of brief scenes involving um, partial nudity. Now, as an aside, this is not the main show, but as an aside, I do think it's interesting that our sensibilities are such that people being shot, blown up, having their necks broken, being burned, running across broken glass, flying out of windows of tall Nakatomi Plaza towers, all of that, fine, no big deal. But if there's a little bit of skin, more than what we were expecting, uh, then, oh no, turn it off. Uh, I do think that that is a little bit odd, and I'm not sure that our standards have uh, much in the way of justification there aside from popular sensibilities. I I don't think that we should be watching gratuitous violence. I don't think that we should be watching uh, content with foul language and cursing and all of that, just every other phrase, every line, every sentence. I don't think that we should be watching you know, explicit, um, degrading content as a matter of course. I don't think that should be our mainstay. I think it does have a coarsening effect on our morals, on our standards, on our sensibilities, on our respect for ourselves, on our respect for one another. That said, I have a perspective on the movie Die Hard, which I didn't expect to have on the front end, and that is this. What do 
cops and first responders and our military service members who are stationed overseas, perhaps in a combat zone during the holidays, what do they watch at Christmas time? What do they watch that feels familiar to them? It seems to me as though Die Hard is a movie about how a cop might see Christmas. I could be wrong. I could be totally off in my thinking on that. But it seems to me as though in the movie Die Hard, you've got John McClane as a cop from New York coming to Los Angeles to try and work things out with his wife who has moved there with his children, their children. She took a job with this big Japanese firm and she's doing really well in her career, but she chose her career over staying with him and he chose letting her go over going with her and supporting her in this. And there's a whole other story right there but I'll leave that for a little bit later. But as the cop finds himself there trying to live life, trying to be reunited with his family, terrorists attack during the Christmas party. Terrorists are trying to steal a whole lot of money in bonds from the safe at Nakatomi Plaza. And so they take 30-plus hostages. They wire up explosives. They're very professional. They've got all of the cameras uh, being monitored. And they're watching, and they've got a plan, and they know what they're going to do, and they're going to execute this plan. What they don't account for, what they don't expect and anticipate, is that John McClain, New York City finest police officer, is in the building. So everything starts going down and he immediately goes into hiding in the building to try and come up with a plan. And he starts picking off these terrorists one by one by one, one after another, and ends up saving the day. The cops that are outside the building, they don't do a whole lot for most of the movie except for get themselves shot up cause some more explosions, uh, create added chaos. You've got different conflicting ideas among the law enforcement outside the building as to how best to handle this, whether to go in charging, whether to hang back and hold on for a second. We've got somebody in the building who's not identifying himself, who seems to be a good guy, maybe is a cop. He's got a radio. He took off of one of the terrorists he killed and he's communicating back and forth with Mr. Winslow from Family Matters who was just out doing a donut run on his normal patrol and gets called to check it out there's a report of a disturbance there somebody pulled the fire alarm finds himself embroiled in short order John McClain is not able to just enjoy Christmas Eve with his family like he 
had flown there to do. He can't turn off being a cop, particularly when his wife is one of the hostages. So I ask myself as I watch this, how does a cop watch Die Hard? Does a cop watch Die Hard and feel more at home in the Christmas season, having seen a lot of stuff, perhaps, having seen people at their worst, at their lowest, whether they've just lost somebody that they loved, whether they're high out of their gourd, whether they're drunk, whether they are all amped up on high emotion and poor judgment, and they've just done a bad thing, and now they need to be apprehended and taken in for questioning. They need to be charged, booked. Crime and the worst parts of human nature don't take the holidays off. In fact, sometimes during the holidays, people who have made bad choices the rest of the year and don't find themselves in good company do bad things because they're feeling especially low. They do bad bad things to themselves. They do bad things to other people because they're not willing to reckon with the wreckage of their life. They would rather take it out on everybody around them because it's everybody else's fault. And so law enforcement, as far as I know, doesn't get to take Christmas off necessarily. It doesn't get to take New Year's off necessarily. It doesn't get to take the holidays off. When innocent people are being attacked by 'er ne'er-do-wells, by bad guys, by terrorists, by criminals, by thieves, by... Whoever, we, at least in America, have someone to call. And when we call those folks, because this is messing with our Christmas, we pull them into situations that take away their time with their families, take away their ability to celebrate the holidays. And so maybe, just maybe... Somebody who's a cop who's listening to this podcast can reach out and tell me if I'm totally off base, if this is just a whole lot of nonsense. But maybe, just maybe, a cop, a soldier, first responder watches Die Hard and they feel like this movie understands how Christmas can be for me. Maybe. People don't, if they have a habit of violence, criminal activity, abusing other people, doing bad things, using bad language, misbehaving. People who have those habits the rest of the year don't necessarily turn them off for the holidays. In fact, they might kick them into a whole other gear during the holidays. And when that happens, the folks who swear to serve and protect protect and defend, they answer those calls. They respond, even if it means not being home with their families. In this case, I think it's actually all the more charming that John McClane isn't just there to save his wife. I think if he had been in the building and his wife was not one of the hostages, he still would have engaged on this. I think he still would have gone after the terrorists. 
but his wife being one of the hostages adds another dimension. And as far as what it would take for me to push through the stress, the aggravation, the thanklessness, the danger, the hazard to life and limb, if I were a cop and I were responding on Christmas Day, I would have to be telling myself, you know what, if this were my wife, I would want somebody to answer the phone. I would want somebody to show up. I would want somebody to put themselves in the line of fire. If this were my daughter, if this were my son, if this were my sister, if this were my brother, if this were my family, I would want somebody to step into the gap here. And so I'm going to. I'm not going to shirk. I'm not going to shy away. And so I think it's meaningful that John McClane's wife is in the building, not just because he's trying to save his wife and he does end up saving his wife and getting her out of there. But I think also it's a way of exploring how it is that cops push through, how it is that they do it anyways, again and again. You know, as an aside, another interesting thing I think about Die Hard is that that movie being made in 1988 really does portray the cops as the good guys. You've got this sleazy marketing officer who is snorting cocaine on Christmas Eve at the party. Just a total jerk. Super annoying. Annoying laugh. Annoying attitude. Totally full of himself. Totally self-absorbed. That guy is ready to sell out anybody he needs to in order to save his own neck. And it ends up killing him, by the way. Not to give anything away. You've got a whole lot of other people who maybe would do something if they knew what, but they don't know what to do. They're panicking. They're freaking out. They're all screaming and running around like scared rabbits. They don't know what to do. And so who is going to rise to the occasion? Well, it just so happens in a situation like that, when bad guys don't take the day off, you need good guys to not take the day off. And just like the bad guys have a plan, and they have some skills, and they're professionals, the good guys need to have a plan, and they need to have some skills, and they need to be prepared. They need to be a good shot, and they need to know how to throw a punch and how to take a punch. And they need to know how to improvise and think on their feet, even if their feet are bare. <laughs> and somebody just shot up all the glass so they'd have to run across broken glass. But... I find myself grappling a little bit with whether it's a good decision, whether that's a good call to say to my 14-year-old, my 13-year-old, my almost 12-year-old, he'll be 12 at the end of the month, the day before New Year's. Hey, guys, let's watch Die Hard. Your mom, your sister, they went to a cookie exchange tonight. The girls are out of the house. It's just us guys. Let's order some pizza. Let's watch Die Hard. I've heard it's a Christmas movie. I don't know that it's a Christmas movie, but let's watch Die Hard and let's eat some pizza. And part of my rationale, part of my thinking on this is not that I want my sons to be desensitized to violence to where they shrug at the loss of human life, people being hurt and killed, to where they're indifferent 
what I want is for my sons to not be paralyzed at bad people doing bad things or threatening to do bad things. I don't want my sons to grow up to be like the scared rabbits who are screaming and running around and they can't keep their heads about them and they have no idea what to do. I want my sons to be the kinds who somebody breaks in on Christmas Eve because the bad guys don't take a day off. My sons keep their wits about them, keep their heads, and they go into action. And they don't just go into action in that moment. They work out, they build a strong body, they develop their minds, they have a strong mind, they have good nerves, they don't freak out, they don't go black. When fight or flight kicks in, they keep their heads. They don't just automatically jump into a fight without thinking about it. They don't automatically tuck tail and run without thinking about it. They take a step back, assess the situation, see what it is that they can do about it to protect innocent people, to stop bad guys from running the world, being in control now, being in charge now. I don't want them to be cocky. I don't want them to be like the uh, chief deputy detective or whatever he is who comes in. He wants to take over the scene and just a total jerk also, even though he's law enforcement. You can tell he's thinking first and foremost of his ego. He's on an ego trip, wants to send in everybody all at once, doesn't want to listen to the intel that Mr. Winslow (laughs) from Family Matters is giving him via Roy, which is the alias that John McClane uses because he doesn't want the terrorists figuring out who he is, more to the point that he doesn't want them figuring out that his wife is actually a member of upper management who's one of their hostages. But... I don't want my boys to be like that or like the FBI agents who come in. Yeah, you were in charge. You're not in charge anymore. We're in charge now. On an ego trip. Just like Saigon, the one guy says as he's getting his sniper rifle ready as they approach the roof of the building. I don't want my boys to be macho just to be macho, just for bragging rights, just to be able to say I'm tougher than anybody, I'm the baddest guy here. No, that's dumb. That's stupid. That gets people hurt and killed. Don't be like that. But do be like the guy who is going to run across broken glass barefoot if that's what it takes to protect his wife. Even if they've got things they need to work through, even if they've got issues in their marriage, even if they've got conflict that's unresolved, he's going to risk his life, lay down his life to protect her, to love her, to serve her when she's in her time of need. I do want my sons to be like that. And so to some extent... As much bad press as being desensitized to violence it gets, that is the point of training. You know, if you go to the range to practice your marksmanship, 
you need to train with a handgun, you need to train with a rifle, you need to train with a shotgun. Your first few trips to the range, it rattles you a little bit to have the gun go off, even though you know it's going to go off, you know it's going to be loud, you know there's going to be recoil, you know there's this violent action. Even if you're just aiming at a paper target 50 yards away, there's violence in the way that the gun responds when you pull the trigger. And it rattles you. And you'll find when you come home from the range the first few times, you're exhausted. Not because it's so much physical work necessarily, but because it got your adrenaline dump going. And once you come down off of that adrenaline high, you're exhausted. And so one of the things you do when you're training with weapons, when you're thinking through potentially life-threatening scenarios in which you're going to have to be able to operate, function, respond to a threat, one of the things you're doing is you're trying to train your mind not just your body, you're trying to train your mind to keep cool, keep calm. Don't lose your wits. Don't freak out. Let's think about this. What are we doing? So that you don't do something stupid. Yes, you want to train your reflexes. You want to train your muscle memory to where, hey, when I need to eliminate a threat, I know how to do that practically, tactically, tactically. (laughs) but so also you need to be able to function and you can't function if you're freaking out. So then we come to the question also of what things occur to John McClain as he's facing the real prospect of not making out of this, not, not making it out of this alive. He's pulling broken glass out of his feet. He's losing a lot of blood. He's not going to be able to get around very well with his feet all tore up from running across broken glass, trying to get away from Hans Gruber and his men. He calls over the radio to, I'm just going to keep referring to him as Mr. Winslow, but he calls to the officer outside over the radio and he says, hey, if I don't make it out of this, I need you to tell my wife some things. I need you to tell her I'm sorry. I need you to tell her I love her. I should have supported her. I should have had her back. I should have encouraged her more. I was just a big jerk. I was a huge jerk to her and I'm sorry, right? You know what? Funny thing, I see some similarities between My favorite movie, which is It's a Wonderful Life, probably my favorite movie of all time, certainly my favorite Christmas movie ever. Just recently watched that one with my dad and the kids. Some of the kids, not all of them, were interested on Sunday afternoon. And this movie, Die Hard and It's a Wonderful Life, actually have a surprising amount in common because both of them deal with the realization that this might be it. This might be the end. And what have I left behind? Have I 
taken care of my wife? Have I taken care of my family? Have I taken care of the people that I care about, that I love? Those are good questions to ask. But I think also, too, bringing this back to what it is that we're trying to remember and celebrate with Christmas. Christmas is about the incarnation of Jesus. You have in the incarnation of Jesus God stepping in and being the hero, the ultimate hero. You want to talk about walking across broken glass in your bare feet. Little baby Jesus came to die on our behalf, to be the atoning sacrifice, to pay the penalty for our sins. We weren't right with God, and yet God initiates the reconciliation with the incarnation. Baby Jesus laying in a manger is the prerequisite and the lead-up to the sinless Lamb of God going to the cross, being arrested on trumped-up charges by bad men who didn't take the day off, being flogged publicly, being mocked, ridiculed, ultimately being crucified and dying and being buried and raising again on the third day. That's a bloody business. Die Hard's a violent movie. So is the crucifixion of Jesus. The point being, I think it can be a positive thing to really grapple with the situation as it is, to not be naive, to not be vegetales about, I, I, I don't want to be vegetales about the story of Christianity and the story of the gospel and the Christian life. I don't want to be vegetales about it to where we want to portray everything with silly French peas slapping one another with fish. Not to say you can't ever make it fun for the kids, but I do think there's a hazard there erring on the side of caution. If we're too reluctant to say, this is human nature, this is exactly why we're separated from a holy and righteous God. Because we, not just people like out there, but we, we are separated by our sins from a holy and righteous, perfect God. You can see something like Die Hard and you can say, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's not how it's supposed to be. And what's the solution? What's the answer? Well, the solution is Jesus. Jesus playing the hero. And I'm not trying to make John McClane into Jesus here by any means. But I am saying, I think, in the grand, grand scheme of things, I've seen <laughs> less substantive more trivial Christmas movies than Die Hard. Die Hard is actually quite a story. There's objectionable bits to it, yes. Do I see myself watching it every year with the boys? Probably not. Do I regret watching it with my older boys this year? I don't think I do. Is it a Christmas movie? It is. And it's a particular kind of Christmas movie. It's a, a Christmas movie maybe perhaps possibly made for folks who don't get to take the day off from dealing 
with human depravity, the sinfulness of man. They don't get to take Christmas off from dealing with those things. The call comes in and they answer it because somebody's got to. I'm reminded that what our civilization needs, what our homes need, what our churches need, what our communities need, what our nation needs, is men who are willing to be men, to serve, to protect, to take responsibility, to take initiative, to be aggressive in the best sense of the word, not brainless, not hostile to innocent people to where you can't distinguish friend from foe, not on an ego trip, but in a diligent, self-sacrificing way, stepping into the gap. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Also, husbands, love your wives in the same way that Christ loved the church, even laying his life down for her. Sometimes, we make that way too trivial. Oh, I gotta love my wife like Christ loved the church. That means I eat her cooking even when I don't like what she made. Okay. Very good. Very good. But sometimes I think we need to be cognizant of the possibility that that would be an actual, like literal, laying your life down for her. You know, at the very tail end of the movie, since probably everybody except for me had seen Die Hard before I saw Die Hard, so I don't feel like I need to give a spoiler alert. But at the very tail end, John McClane is kind of leaning on his wife. You know, here he's come to her rescue and she's helping him to walk out of Nakatomi Plaza because his feet are all tore up. And one of the terrorists whom John McClane killed the brother of, who's the first terrorist that John McClane killed, and this guy's just like enraged towards McClane. He wants vengeance. It's personal now, he says. That guy comes out the front doors with his automatic and he's obviously going to try and finish this. He knows he's done for, but he's going to kill John McClane before he goes out. And I love that John McClane puts his body between that guy and his wife. I love that he shields her. They hit the deck. They go down, try and get low. And he turns his body to where he's between this guy and his wife. So if this guy opens fire, he's going to take the bullets. At the beginning of the movie, they have a bit of an argument, a bit of a fight. They've obviously got things that they need to work through, but he's still going to step in between her and this danger. And that's why I wanted to watch this movie with my boys. Does my daughter need to see it? I don't think she does. I'm not going to I'm not going to suggest it. I'm not going to watch it with her. I don't have any plans to. My younger boys, I don't think they're ready for that. We'll send them down to watch something else more age appropriate. My older boys though, I want them to be thinking like this. Start thinking like this. In any event, I got to run. That's all for this episode. I would say Die Hard Yes, it's a Christmas movie. 
is it a Christmas film for the whole family? No. So, lots of other Christmas movies I would watch with the family. This is not one of them. In any event, let me know what you think. If you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, or if you think it isn't, you have to have seen the movie. But why or why not? As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.